And this is Clifton Grooms from the Cliff Notes Podcast. Before we go on to tonight's episode, want to give a shout out to some of our sponsors that have come out on board for the last couple of weeks, month, couple of months here. Let's give a shout out to Tolly and Associates, the team there, Barnes Roofing, David Jin Shobro, Robin Stacy Astuter, Patrick Lyle, Little Caesars of St. Joseph, Adams Bar and Grill, and the Hi-Ho Bar and Grill. Thank you all so much for your contributions and coming on board and your support of the Clip Notes podcast. Without further ado, here is tonight's episode. And welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. Tonight, it is Wednesday night, October the 26th, 2022. It is another edition of the Post-it Notes. Now, I know I said last night that um, originally we were not going to run a Post-it Notes episode tonight, but I figure we probably better with everything going on tonight. Uh, we had Missouri Western and Northwest Women both playing exhibition games tonight and at the very end of this episode, we have our um, conversation with um, Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane from Eight Man from Missouri Eight Man Football as we review everything in Week Nine and get you ready for the playoffs, previewing Eight Man District Three and District Four. But let's go ahead and let's get started with the show here tonight. Um, in our first exhibition game that we're going to talk about, Missouri Western women drop an exhibition game to Creighton. This evening, 91 to 34. Um, it is the only exhibition game Missouri Western will play this year. Um, I know, you know, it's just exhibition. Um, I expect uh, big things out of Missouri Western this year. I think um this will definitely get them in good shape. Definitely um hat always a hats off to Coach Candy Whitaker and her basketball team. Um, I know they're gonna be really in good shape uh this season. They will open the regular season on November 5th. At 5.30, they will take on Minnesota Duluth there at Municipal Auditorium in Kansas City. Other um, other exhibition game that we want to talk about, Northwest um, falls to Missouri tonight in Columbia in exhibition play 70-27. to A um, couple of um, scores here for Northwest. Uh, Molly Hartnett led the team with eight points. Um, Peyton Kelderman had six points, and she drilled two, two three-pointers on the night. And then Evelyn Vasquez was the um, other leading scorer on the team. She had five points. Uh, Bearcats will have another exhibition game on Sunday at 2 p.m. as they travel to Drake. Um, real quick, couple schedule notes for Thursday that we're going to run down. For high school volleyball, we got three local teams in sectional games on Thursday. Um, starting off in Class 3 on the south side as Benton will be hosting Odessa. In Class 2, East Buchanan will be hosting Lafayette County Higginsville. And then in Class 1, St. Joe Christian will make the trip to Tarkio to take on East Atchison. Um, all, the, all three of those games start at 6.30. We will have rundowns of all three of those games on tomorrow night's edition of the Post-it Notes. Also, a um, a football of district first-round game tomorrow night as Polo will travel to Mid-Buck on a Thursday Um Polo and Mid-Buck, they're um, working together on an agreement there to play that game as Polo, their softball team, will be traveling on Thursday morning to Springfield to play in the Class 1 uh, Final Four there. So, playing um, football team playing in the district game on Thursday gives them the opportunity to go up and watch softball there at Springfield. Polo softball is 25-0 on the season. They will start Class 1 Final Four play on Friday. We will have a recap of that on Friday's edition of the Post-it Notes. But uh, that will do it for tonight's portion, um, scores and news portion 
of the Post-it Notes to um, leave off tonight. We are going to air our conversation with David Albertson and Anthony Crane of Missouri AMA Football as we talked about a couple of big games in Week 9. And we give you a preview of 8-Man District 4 and District 3 heading into the postseason. But without further ado, I um, I want to thank everybody for their support. want to thank everybody um, for all the love and support and all the listens. Thank you guys um, so much. Again, thank you guys to all the sponsors who contribute to the show. Um, but without further ado, we will I will talk to you guys Thursday night for that edition of the Post-it Notes. And we will leave you with our conversation with Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane of Missouri A-Man Football. And it is postseason football time here in high school football and all things eight-man football. My guests at this time, um, I love having these two guys on the podcast, two of my favorite guests of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back from Missouri eight-man football, Devin Albertson, Anthony Crane. Welcome back, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. well. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's my favorite time of year, postseason football. I I love it. So um, before we get into um, the brackets and everything having to do with playoff football, let's recap a couple of things from last week. Um, I'm going to start off with the um, Missouri A-Man football game of the week that was streamed live on Facebook. Devin and I actually had the pleasure of going to this game. Um, Devin gave me a ride to the game. Thank you, Devin. Um, so um, – John Dykstra asked me at the uh, maybe a couple hours at the couple hours at the last at the last hour to um, take some photos at this ball game, and I gladly obliged. I was treated to a very very good eight man football game in the Highway 275 of uh, Platte Valley and East Ashton. Platte Valley came away with a victory that went 30 to 16 was the final score, and that one up. Uh, Platte Valley is your Highway 275 champions for 2022. So. Um, Devin, I'll get your thoughts here first since uh, you and I were at the game. Uh, Devin, your thoughts on the Highway 275 championship game. Yeah, so Platte Valley, they were happy to get Carter Luke back. A very good player for him, ran for about 184 yards and three touchdowns in that game in his return to the offense. So good to have him back there for Platte Valley. Aiden Blackford, a pick six. And uh, Platte Valley just kind of was able to hold EA's offense down most of the game. And Osnado was a really good player there for the Wolves, but he really couldn't get much space against that defense there. And uh, late in that game, EA had a couple opportunities in the red zone. I think Trevor Weir and Justin Miller came up with some big plays there for that Platte Valley defense to secure the win. And uh, congrats to Platte Valley for their first ever conference championship there in the 275. So uh, good for them. EA, uh, time to bounce back. Get a couple weeks to prepare for Albany. Um, Other than that, uh, pretty good season for them so far. Both teams 8-1. Platte Valley is the outright conference title. Um, so very interesting to see how those teams do going forward in District 4 action. Anthony, I'll get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much what you said. You know, I think the game went about as we expected. Uh, Platte Valley is a really good team. I thought, you know, to hold Platte Valley to 30 points was a great effort um, from EA, who, you know, now, like Devin said, they have a few weeks to kind of figure out some things. Uh, they played completely different offense um, in Albany um, with probably the best quarterback in the state. Um, so you get a couple weeks to try to figure out how to slow him down. Um, and how to, they really they got to figure out how to generate some offense against an Albany defense that's you know, pretty good, um, especially when you try to run uh, inside those guards. Um, so I think that'll be the interesting part as well is how 
EA is able to generate some offense in that game. But yeah, congrats to Platte Valley. Um, they're a great team. Uh, you know, they've been great all year. Um, their lone loss was two points to Albany. So um, congrats to them on, you know, a great season. And then uh, Anthony, I actually want to get your thoughts first on this game here. Um, on a game out south here, yeah, a couple of teams that we really don't get to talk about here on our portion of the um of our of our talks here um how about north shelby and braver um and this is a game that uh, devin and i followed um really really close not only i'm sure devin probably followed it the whole way throughout the game but i was able to follow it mostly on my way back from um tarkio to meet dykstra in mound city to to go to to meet up at mcdonald's and then him driving back to st joe's so um 96 to 80 was the final score there i'm trying to figure out whether this is a a eight-man football game or whether it's um two middle school kids playing Madden on easy. So um Anthony, just um give me the um give me the lowdown on North Shelby and Braver. Just a whole lot of offense. Um I'd like to say there was some defense. Um and we saw some of that in the second half. There was some um you know some turnovers there. Um but really it was just insane. Um especially that second quarter in the final uh, two or three minutes. Um, I think I saw as many points over that span as Devin saw um, all of night uh, in his game. And I think he was fairly salty about that. Um, Cause yep. you know, he, he loves that stuff. Um, and to be honest, it's fun. Sometimes I, I do enjoy, you know, I'll go back to last year in that North Shelby um, and Stanbury game where I think it was 14 to 12. Um, and it was just fantastic defense. I love that. Uh, Devin enjoys those um, 11, 12 touchdowns on each side kind of games. Um, and, you know, I do too sometimes, you know, um, because same thing. I saw DeKalb and Stewartsville, and they scored 130 points, and it was fun back and forth. Um, and so, yeah, it was fun. Um, I was disappointed, obviously, that um, after that first half, I, I was excited that, hey, maybe we get to – you know, see that Pattonsburg and North Shelby record uh, for points in the game broken. Uh, North Shelby played a little better defense in the second half uh, and held, you know, Bramer 80 points. Um, so, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, a good way to spend the uh, final week of the regular season. Uh, I hadn't been to Bramer before and hadn't seen North Shelby this year. Um, and that's kind of my goal throughout the year is to see a new team each week. Um, and so I was able to get, knock that out uh, with two teams last week. Yeah, I'll just add a final stat for this one. I was um, looking at these Jordan Haley versus Oric and North Shelby this year. Um, there's only been two games over 600 total yards by one player this year. They're both by Jordan Haley, both in 96 to 80 losses. Uh, he's combined for 20 touchdowns those two games. Um, so very impressive showing by him. Just not enough defense there for Bramer to hold on for a couple wins versus teams that are in our top 10 going into the playoffs there with North Shelby and Bramer and Oric. So uh, very interesting to see what he does going forward against Stewartsville-Osborne there in the first round versus Stewartsville. And then if they get a rematch versus Oric, we can do there against that Bearcat defense the second time around on there. Um, so there's only a couple of kids who have been able to put double-digit touchdowns up this year, and it's been Haley. It's been the Miller kid from Oric, Coffee before getting injured, and the Idings kid from Pattonsburg, the only two kids to put up uh, double-digit touchdowns in a single game this year. So he's done it a couple of times. So very intrigued to see how he does going into the playoffs here. He, he has a chance to – rise up the record books there in Missouri man for passing. I know he's already in the lead void there. I think 2,000 yards passing pretty much each in the top 
15 or so for passing yards in the season. He's got like 3,400 this year or something like that. So he's got a chance to do that, and he's only a sophomore. So still a couple more years left of watching that Bramer offense uh, light up the scoreboard um, in the Central River. <coughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. I mean, you know, usually scoring 80 points really results in a lot of Ws. I mean, not a let alone two losses there. So, um, you know, look, I haven't got an opportunity to see Jordan Haley play, but he seems like a really, really special kid there at Braver. Definitely um, hats off Anthony got – I think Anthony definitely got his uh, money's worth there at that game. But um, let's get into some playoff brackets now. And um, this is a big one that we've been talking about all year. This is the one that we've been waiting to uh, get seated. That's eight-man district four. Um, the GRC eight-man champion North Andrew are your number one seed in that district. Followed by Platte Valley at two, um, Worth County at three, East Atchison at four, Albany at five, and then um, Rockport is at six, South Hold is at seven, Mount City's at eight, um, um, Stanbury's at eight, um, Nottoway Valley's at nine, and then Mount City is at ten. So, um, you know, I think the big thing that really stuck out to me, and um, I'm no expert in Misha points or seeding or anything like that, but which just Albany's the number three team in eight-man football, but they're the number five seed in districts. Um, you know, I, I I got questions here. I mean, you know, instead of commenting on something that I don't know, I just got to ask, why why Albany at five? So I looked a little more into district points and how that math kind of works out more than Anthony has just because I enjoy math, and Anthony's like, yeah, we're good um, with that. Um, but based on what I just kind of see, Worth County, their street of the schedule was through the roof. And um, their two losses were a two-point loss to Albany and then an eight-point loss to North Andrews. So their two losses, both under that 13-point threshold, kind of puts them in a spot where their resume looks really good. And all their other wins by, were by much more than 13 points. So their resume was very strong there um, to get to that three spot. Uh, Platte Valley at two made a lot of sense. They're eight and one. Um, the one two-point loss there to Albany really helped their strength of schedule as well on there, winning by th over 13 points for C.S. Ashton. It kind of secured that two seed versus them. Um, EA, look at their resume. They had one two-point win over E.S. Ashton and then a more than 13-point loss to North Andrew. That was it for their resume. Really, everything else was pretty even across the board. And then Albany, looking at them, two of their wins were by two points over Worth County and, and Platte Valley. Those wins count, but they don't count as much or weighted as much as a 14-point win would have been. So that hurt them a little bit there. They won those games, but it wasn't as impactful as it could have been for that. And their one loss was by over 14 points to North Andrew. If they lose that game by one less touchdown, you're looking at a team that's probably the three seed right now or the two seed jumping over Platte Valley for that two spots. So that's really where it is there. And what really hurt Albany was their out-of-conference schedule this year was Platte Valley, 8-1, and one, very good help them there. But Mound City going 2-7 and seven and Rich Hill going 1-8 and eight really hurt them um, on paper this year. Talking to Anthony on a live show, if Mound City upsets South Holt, I think you're looking at Albany as either the two or the three seed right now instead of the five seed. It's really It was that close for those three through five seeds where they were seeded math-wise. So it's a tough break for Albany, um, but they're going to go two East Ash in week one. Uh, district quarterfinals there. Um, it's a tough game for them. But whoever's going to be in that 4-5 matchup is going to be frustrated because you'd have 
four of the top five and no, yeah, four of the top five and five of the top eight teams in the state in one district, you're going to have a tough first round matchup. It's, it's unfortunate the way it's kind of worked out that for it, but that's where we're kind of at with the district four. We knew it was coming all along. And it's going to be tough either way. Yep. I mean, he actually, after they lost that game, like, I'm like, well, either you guys will go to Worth County or host Albany. Like, that's your two options right now. You're either playing the number three team in the state or the number four team in the state in the first round. You wanted to be at home or on the road. I mean, that's pretty much was East Atchison's only two options there going to the district play there for him. So, very, very tough draw for East Atchison, who I think is a really good team and probably deserves to be in the district semifinals somewhere. They just got the short of the straw this year uh, being in an absolutely stacked district. And that's happened to him before. Um, a couple of years ago, whenever Mountain City won the state championship, it was a district semifinal matchup between them and EA when they were ranked one and three in the state. We see this a few years, and the winner of that game got to play North Andrew, who I think was ranked fourth or something like that in the state, or second. So it's like, good job. You are ranked third in the state. You are the four seed. Like, <laughs> it's just really brutal how districts work out sometimes. And um, Albany got the short on the stick this year, but we've seen teams make a run from that spot as well. So we'll see what happens there with Albany and East Ashton this next couple of weeks. I mean, even if even if you're North Andrew is the one seed, you, I mean, yeah, don't get much of a break there either. So nope. Like, oh, you're the one seed. You so you got to be all the way and possibly worth carrying to make it to the state semifinals. Good luck. It's like fantastic. Let's see how it goes. So, and then um, I kind of want to get your guys's kind of uh, predictions a little bit. I know um, I kind of want to get a district champion prediction. From you guys, and I kind of want to get a sleeper prediction. Um, maybe somebody outside of that top five who maybe could make a run, who maybe could make a run, maybe not win the district, but um, maybe make a run, maybe make a run, maybe to a semifinal or something like that. But just I'll, I'll give each of you the floor here, just um, your your predictions here for um, district four. They could be um, you can name your district winner, you can name your championship name favorites. Sleeper picks up. Um, I'll give you guys the floor on here. So I think, you know, I, I got to stick with North Andrew because they've been number one for me all year. But if Albany wins that district, I'm not shocked. And I know that doesn't sound like much of a sleeper, um, but when you're the five seed, um, that's, that's a tough road. And that's hard for anyone. But they're the kind of team with the kind of coaching that, um, they could, they could win that district. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, absolutely. I think Albany has a great chance there. I think if you're Worth County, you love your draw kind of deal because you're that three seed. You avoided that first really really tough matchup in the first round. You go play a Rockport team that struggled last week versus versus Mountain City. After that, you go play Platte Valley. They'll be up for that game. And then if you beat Platte Valley, which will be an which will be a tough and easy game. But if you win that one, you're then playing either North Andrew or Auburn team is going to bang up on each other as well. So it's me interesting to see what happens there with Worth County. I like Worth County a lot there. Do I think they can beat North Andrew in a rematch? I think they can. Uh, they outplayed North Andrew in that first half of that first game. That fumble in the first half really turned the tide toward North Andrew. That's a toss-up game for me. If they play in a rematch on there. And really a lot of those teams, those top four teams, there are a lot of toss-up games. I know we might be discounting Platte Valley a little bit here just because we think all four of those teams have really good defenses with good offenses, and Platte Valley probably is the worst offense of the four, which is why we're giving Worth County the two teams kind of a little bit of advantage over Platte Valley at this point. But it wouldn't surprise me if any of those four teams came out of this district. I'll probably go with North Andrew or Worth County. It's kind of the chalk pick, but nothing would really surprise me those top four teams um, 
winning that district in district four. Yeah, I know. I got a couple of uh, we got a, we got a couple matchups here in the um, the first round. One of them, Devin, I believe you're going to have on the um, Eight Man Football Facebook page uh, this week with um, Stanberry and Nottoway Valley. Uh, that that takes place on Thursday. And just offer up some quick thoughts here. Then we got South Holt hosting Mound City. Mound City and Nottoway Valley played a couple close games last week. Um, Mound City played Rockport really close, and then Nottoway Valley played South Holt. Pretty close a week ago. So just offer up, um, gentlemen, just your quick thoughts on these two matchups this week. Quick reminder that Misha will not allow Devin to broadcast games anymore in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm just doing sideline reporting. I'll be reporting for KMA as well. So uh, we'll see how it kind of goes there. It should be a lot of fun uh, with that one going to Stanbury for that one for Norway Valley Stanbury. I told um, Derek Martin a couple weeks ago, I'm like, hey, most likely going to that game, um, whoever it is there. I did not realize that Nottoway Valley was able to upset South Holt and maybe get the seven seed on there, and I would have been going to Nottoway Valley Mountain City instead. But um, I wanted to see Nottoway Valley play. I did coach basketball at Nottoway Holt a couple years ago, and those kids are sophomores then or seniors now. So I wanted to see them play one last game at least on there. And um, for Stanbury, I think they're a little bit better team, though. Uh, Sheever will be the best player on the field. Uh, Gavin Cameron and Lance Wallace might be second and third there. I think Stanbury does win this game. But Nolly Valley last week uh, playing South Oak close gives me more confidence that this game's going to be a, a really good football game um, there in Stanbury. Definitely uh, definitely my error on that. Definitely go through mission, definitely for your playoff games there. But Devin's still finding a way to contribute there for oh, all the highlights. I will be, be shooting highlights, so um, if you think KQ2 has good highlights, I have better highlights. <laughs> I love you, KQ2. <laughs> Anthony, you have until, any... Uh, until the temperature dips below 60 and then he runs up to the press box. Hey, I bought gloves with holes in them, so I'm good this year. I got I got gloves wearing on the sideline. I'll be nice and warm. So hey, You also hid in the press box during a beautiful day on Saturday at Northwest. So <laughs> I was doing work up there, all right? Anyways, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going. Uh, yeah, I'm going South Holt. Uh, <laughs> a small, small chance I may say screw that and I may go to decab. Um, but um, yeah, and I, I chose that one because you know, Mountain City uh, I think shocked everyone last week with the way they played, and the South Holt Mountain City rivalry is always fun. Um, it also, you know, is a short trip for me. So that's, you know, if I can squeeze one of those in, that's always nice. Uh, I think if South Holt gets back playing like they did um, against teams at that level, um, I think they should win fairly easily. But, you know, the way Mountain City played against a Rockport team that's played pretty well this year, mm-hmm. um, I think it could end up being a pretty good game. Then I kind of want to shift some focus on District 3 real quick and uh, want to talk about a couple things there. Um, Oric is the number one seed there in District 3, followed by Bishop LeBlonde at the 2, King City at the 3, Bramer at 4, Stewartsville at 5, Pattonsburg at 6, St. Joe Christian at 7, Decab at 8, and then Southwest Livingston at 9. Here was the big thing that happened. Here was the big story. Um, the race for the 2 seed there in district three um you know Oric had the one seed pretty much uh, wrapped up there but uh bishop of um king city and even bramer was in that race there for the um 
for the two seed there in District 3. So, um, gentlemen, just talk about um, how that unfolded, because a lot of that unfolded on Saturday with LeBlanc and King City playing Saturday morning-afternoon games. So just talk about how that seat, how those games folded and how it affected seeding. Yeah, so LeBlanc got that two-seed over King City by 300th of a point on there. I think it was the closest – um, margin we had for any two seeds, kind of going back to back on there. So as close as we said, District 4 was, 3 through 5. District 3 on the 2 threes line was super close there. It might have just been as simple as Rockport beat Mount City if or whatever kind of happens there in certain games there. Um, gave LeBlanc a slight advantage over uh, King City for that two seed. And I think both of those teams realized they were going to play each other going into Saturday. Like, hey, we're going to be the two or three seed. It's just, do we play Pattonsburg or Christian in the first round? And then where's the game going to be at? Is it going to be at King City or at LeBlanc kind of deal? Both good stadiums there. So I don't think either team has a problem traveling there in that one. So it should be interesting to see how that kind of goes there. Two teams that are built pretty differently. King City, good D-line, want to pound the rock at you with Ty Mooney and just see if you can withstand the physicality. LeBlanc, Landon Gardner is a fantastic football player. Jake Carell on the outside is a really good receiver for him. Um, They can put a lot of points up. Maybe not as good as the off the line as King City is, but – uh, we saw last year they were able to withstand that for a little bit there and nearly put off the upset versus King City, and there's no Parker Muff this year for King City as well. So I think I like LeBlanc coming out of this district, actually, uh, the four teams there at the top of the district in this one. I just think that they match up the best with everybody on there. They can play and win in different ways compared to the other three teams um, there with it. So I like LeBlanc's chances if I was to get out of this district, and then anything can happen get to the state semifinals there playing either St. Paul Lutheran or North Shelby. So... LeBlanc's in a pretty good spot here as a two seed here in District 3. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I'm not going to really you know, talk. Like Devin said earlier, how the teams got there, it's uh, on him. He, uh, that's what makes us a great team. Is he enjoys the math part. You know, I'll break down the film, share the highlights. That's what makes us a great duo. Right. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? Yeah, but as far as that district, um, like I mentioned earlier, I've had a couple different coaches from that district ask who they think can win that district. I don't have a great answer. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like District 4, um, but without the top-end talent um, because every one of these teams suck defensively. Uh, except for King City, um, and that's because they're not good offensively. Um, so that's what makes it kind of a toss-up there. Um, and I think that's it's also a fun district. Um, it's not going to get the attention of District 4, but as far as interest and what can happen, uh, we'll see. I think, you know, if LeBlanc probably has the best defensive player and probably overall player in that district, um, but boy, they struggled on defense against good teams, um, and that's that's the tough part, you know, against like an orc who can you know pound the rock. Um, I don't think they have an answer for that. Um, but again, I don't know if orc has an answer for Landon Gardner on offense, um, and that's kind of what this district comes down to. Is I don't think anyone has an answer for the other team's offense, um, and that's funny. King City, who is not great offensively, but can score a lot of points against bad defenses. So, Because they're so physical. <laughs> they're so physical. If someone, you know, gun to the head, who's going to win? No clue. Um, I think <laughs> Lena Gardner is fantastic. I think Jackson Miller's great. You know, and on and on. 
Bramer can score with anyone. So <laughs> it's it's a fun district. Um, I don't think you're you're not getting state champion out of that district. Um, it's basically I think whoever comes out of there is going to get served up to whoever comes out of district or out of the other side of the bracket. Um, but for these teams, you you got to enjoy it while you're there. Absolutely, absolutely. There, and I'll get. I'll get a. We'll do. We'll do a quick preview of um, the first round game coming out of that district on Friday. Uh, the cab hosting Southwest Athletic said, "I'll just get your guys' quick thoughts on that." I mean, it was a 22-20 game the first time around. DeKalb got a close win there. I think DeKalb wins again. Um, we'll see what Southwest Living does offensively. I think if they, as Anthony said, um, they're a live show. If they go to a more of a power with their um, big guys there on offense, they have a better chance of beating DeKalb this time around. But I really like what Coach Warlow does at DeKalb and making the most out of nothing there with them. So give me DeKalb to get win number two of the year over Southwest Livingston. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's what he said. If they run the offense they ran against North Andrew, uh, they can run all over DeKalb just because, I mean, they average like 250 across their offense, and DeKalb is, you know, about 100 pounds lighter everywhere, if not more. Um, so it's kind of southwest in what they do um, because they can hand it to the fullback who, watching film, looked like he was about 275. Um, and I don't think DeKalb has the size to answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I think it'll go Southwest to get their first win of the year, which is kind of what you hope for in a way. I love Coach Warlow, um, but you don't want to see teams go winless. That's so fair. It, it wouldn't be terrible to see Southwest get a win this week. Uh, so definitely only a few matchups this week in eight man football, but next, but at next week and every week after that, it just uh, the weeks just keep getting bigger and bigger and more and more at stake. So. Um, you know, gentlemen, thank you so much, Devin, Anthony. Thank you guys so much for coming on. As always, a pleasure to have you um, both on, two of my favorite guests once again. Um, thank you guys so much for everything this year, and I look forward to um, talking with you guys and um, following the playoffs down the line and just um, following them with you guys for the rest of the postseason. Thanks, Levin. Thanks, Cliff.